So on this Thanksgiving weekend, we pause, and uh, as many of us did on Thursday, we give thanks. We say thank you. At our Thanksgiving Eve service this last Wednesday, one of our elders and charter member of Mountain View, Tim King, he reminded us of something. He stood up and he said that Thanksgiving has a very long heritage. It's a long heritage of gratitude that we have as inhabitants of this land that we call America. Thanksgiving is an American holiday. Um, there is a different Thanksgiving in Canada. They have a, but they do have Thanksgiving up there as well. But I think I know what Tim was getting at when he stood and he said that on Wednesday night. It all started with the people who were so aware of the fact that they were surviving in a world that was sometimes difficult and sometimes dangerous. They knew that religious freedom was not something to be taken for granted. And they looked at their blessings and they looked at their lives and they gave the credit for all of it to God. These were people who were in touch with God. They prayed. And it's very possible that they learned to do this by reading passages from the Bible like the one we heard this morning. James, the younger brother of Jesus, asks questions at the end of his letter. Did you hear the questions? Are any among you suffering? And then he advises, they should pray. And this is the first of a series of questions followed by advice. Question, advice, question, advice, question, advice. Did you notice that? Any among you suffering? Are any of you cheerful? Any of you sick? And then in, again in verse 19, if any have wandered, and each time there is something to do, pray, sing, call the elders together to pray, bring back the wanderer. Folks, this, these are the words that have formed and have shaped the church of Jesus Christ. We are taught here and elsewhere in the New Testament to be in touch with each other. We're encouraged to share our burdens, to celebrate our joys, to pray when things get bad, and to gently restore those who wander. So there's basically two things this morning I want us to notice about this passage. The first is that the writer is admonishing the recipients to look at the others in the room. This, now this is, you gotta, you gotta realize that when these letters were sent to communities, a lot of the people didn't read. They were going to hear them in worship. They were gonna hear them in a gathering. So this is meant to be read in public to people who are going to be listening with their ears, not necessarily reading, okay? So the writer is encouraging the people to ask this question, are any among you suffering? And they would look around the room. 
to know whether there are those who are joyful, to know whether there are those who are sick, those who maybe are wandering from the truth, or are willing to engage on any of these levels. Be in relationship with each other. This is the church being the church. This is the power of relationships and knowing each other to the point of being able to empathize with each other. This is taking the courage to act on this knowledge and to pray and to rejoice and to speak truth. When this is happening in the life of a church, then the Holy Spirit is free to move and heal and cause growth in people. The power of God is welcomed to be at work when this is true. I long for our church to be this kind of church. In some ways, we're well on our way toward this, but I think we could excel at this even more. It involves taking time to be with each other, to really be with each other. And this is the kind of thing that can't really happen on Sunday mornings. You know, as wonderful as this all is, you can't do it on Sunday morning alone. It takes being in community. It means being family together. I think we here at Mountain View, we could do this better. And we are moving in this direction. If you long for this kind of thing, stay tuned to what's coming with our small group ministry in the coming year. There are going to be opportunities to be more intentionally the church together. And I dream for a time when more Mountain View folks are involved in that level of relationship and intimacy with each other so that we can pray, so that we can rejoice, so that we can gently guide those who maybe are wandering. So that's the first thing. The second thing I want us to notice this morning is that there's an underlying expectation here that it involves paying attention to what God is doing. James says it this way, the prayer of faith will save the sick, verse 16. Then he says again, the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective, verse 16. Friends, I am here this morning to say that it's important to pray because God answers prayer. This is one of the greatest gifts of living as followers of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus, that we have a God who hears us and answers. We need to be aware of this. This is part of paying attention to what God is doing. This is so important, so important. So today, I want us to have this opportunity to actually hear from a couple of our members who have been through some difficult, difficult times and who have had prayers offered on their behalf. I'm gonna grab a mic and I have a couple of stools here. I have a couple of people in mind in particular and the first of them is Brother Steve. Steve, would you join me up here? Yeah, I warned him ahead of time. You're wondering that. Come on up. Let's welcome Steve John. Have a seat with me. Yeah, right? You comfortable? Yeah. Now here I walked over here and I didn't bring my questions. Right here. Hey, so yeah, I have my own mic, you have your mic. Can you, can you, as we start this this morning, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, you know, um, how you came to this church, when and how you came, how you found out about that kind of thing, just basic stuff. 
Tell us a little bit about your family. You, uh, you mentioned Peggy, so. Yeah, my wife Peggy was mm -hmm. uh, my mother in law and stepfather, and mm -hmm. uh, here Harlan and Willie. Mm -hmm. uh, they live with us. We live at uh, North Maryville. Uh, again, mm -hmm. uh, had raised three, uh, three wonderful children. We were very, very uh, blessed to mm -hmm. have them all doing well uh, and all live in the area. And uh, it's uh, got mm -hmm. to be unbelievable to see. Yeah, well, so recently, you had a specific need for prayer. Can you tell us what happened? I did, so uh, I'm going to mm -hmm. bring up a monitor. That's okay, you're doing good. I'm going to jump way back. So in 2005, uh, I managed to injure my back doing uh, washing and tangling. In fact, I'll mercy be able to, those who don't know, my mom and my partner are washing and tangling. I twisted my back, and it was bothering me for about a week, and it's like, man, i gotta, I got to go to the doctor. So in the go, they do a quick x-ray, and yeah, it's better should be in for a Hmm. And the doctor's office, um, and uh, the uh, physician on call said, eh, let's get you in 
medium-sized consumer is described as a medium-sized apple, big enough for me. Uh, hmm. And uh, he, hmm. uh, he said, well, I just got him out. We're going to do a biopsy, biopsy up. I mean, it's going to probably come back negative because we can't really get into the tumor enough to uh, determine whether it is not cancer. Uh, again, during this whole time, uh, I think the first week we found out packing up, I came and, and had uh, Mr. Cunningham, against my better judgment, and Stephanie, <laughs> So Steve, if you could tell if you could tell the church this morning one thing that you have learned through this whole experience, what would it be? We'd like to pray for you this morning at prayer of Thanksgiving. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for Steve. I thank you, for Lord, for the encouragement that he is in my life and just the, every time I'm around him, God, the, uh, the way that I find myself both laughing and growing in my own faith, uh, just being around him. And I pray, God, that, um, that you would continue to protect his life. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for the miracles that you have done in his life. And Lord, we credit you we thank you, God, for the, um, really the hundreds of people who've been praying for Steve. We thank you for this, this answer to prayer, and we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
I think, uh, join me in singing this. Messiah, my Savior, there is power in your name. You're my rock and my redeemer. There is power. Sing it again. Messiah, my Savior. Come on up. Messiah, my Savior. I got gotcha. you. There is power in your name. You comfortable? Okay. Here's the mic. Just hold it right there. You'll be good. In your name, in your name. I don't know how many of you have met Pam DeGroot before, but um, she's a walking miracle. And uh, a lot of you have prayed for her, maybe even not even knowing um, who, who Pam is. But um, can you tell us a, a little bit about how you found out about Mountain View and just, you know, kind of your experience of, of being here? Uh, actually, can you hear me? Yep, I can. Mm-hmm. They say I don't talk very well. So. You're good. Um, actually, I was raised in the Pentecostal Assembly of God Church. Mm-hmm. I got married and went to a Christian home church. Mm-hmm. And kind of got away from my spiritual part of it. And um, it was that Easter Sunday, and I didn't have any place to go. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel right because I always went to church on Easter Sunday. And so that's when I started looking for a church. And um, I went to one church, and it just didn't feel right. It wasn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to go to this Presbyterian church. I've never been to a Presbyterian church. <laughs> and I came here, mm-hmm. and it was like, this is where I belong. Mm-hmm. We could raise our hands and clap our hands, mm-hmm. which I was raised that way, so it was no big deal with me. Mm-hmm. So... Great. And I am so thankful mm-hmm. that God led me here. The Holy Spirit led mm-hmm. me to this church. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about you know your your family and you know, I know you've got kids. Yeah, yeah. I have two kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're grown, married. I have three grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents have both passed away. Mm-hmm. And when my mother was sick and I wasn't leading a really good life. Mm-hmm. So you've had a really interesting uh, last couple of years and uh, year and a half, yeah. And um, can you tell us what your need for prayer was during that time? Um, I actually started out with, um, in February of 2017, I was uh, diagnosed with um, lung cancer. And I thought, oh, wow, okay, lung cancer. And uh, I had my friend from the Christian Reform Church put me on a prayer chain. Mm-hmm. And then I asked uh, my friend Linda to ask Carrie if she would call the church and have put on my prayer chain. Mm-hmm. Never been on the prayer chain before. <laughs> but I know that God answers prayer. Mm-hmm. And um, my sister who lives in Yakima, I was on their prayer chain, their mm-hmm. church. Um, I cannot tell you 
how blessed, how fortunate I am. The prayers from people mm -hmm. and we both can hear. Mm -hmm. The cards I got, the encouragement. It's like mm -hmm. I feel so undeserving. Mm -hmm. So you, you had some medical procedures done, and can you tell us anything yes. about that? Yes. Yeah. So I had a, my right lung removed in March the 13th, mm -hmm. and a, a month later, I had, they had to go back in to remove blood clots. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was in March, mm -hmm. um, I was back in range and going off to my left, and mm -hmm. found out, uh, went to the emergency, and they took an MRI, and they had a mass mm -hmm. on that right side of my brain, mm -hmm. and uh, that was removed, and I am so thankful that I had doctors that God has given us, mm -hmm. that it was successful, and I didn't know anything at the time, but all my friends and family were there, because mm -hmm. we couldn't know if she was going to make it, mm -hmm. and um, so from there, um, I had, of course, I went through chemotherapy for the lung, mm -hmm. And then, I uh, can't remember exactly when it was, I think, but I was told that um, um, I finished the chemo, and then I was told that I had, uh, that cancer had messaged into my brain. Mm -hmm. And so, at that time, I have to be honest with mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. I told my kids, I said, you know, I want you to know I am not afraid to die, because I feel worthless. Mm -hmm. And I think for them that, that was kind of reassuring. Mm. I kind of put everything in order. Of course, I had a will made out and, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, all that kind of thing. And I have to say, I was so at peace. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if God should take me home, that I'm, I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. And of course, I, I think I told Pastor Dan one time, I said, I, maybe I would like to have my grandkids for a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I found out, actually, uh, from my next demo, your cancer is gone. Mm -hmm. And then on uh, October 2nd mm -hmm. was my 70th birthday. Mm -hmm. I had the MR previously, Mark went with my family, and Dr. Brown uh, said, your cancer is gone. Mm -hmm. All of it. Yeah. And this was, this, I mean, this was really a big surprise. I mean, we, we were praying, and a lot of you were praying, I know, but it was, um, this is a quite rare occurrence to have that, you know, that level of that kind of a diagnosis and suddenly to have all the cancer gone. I remember when you had the, the report, you, you talked about it from here down, there was no cancer, and we were all like, okay, but still, there's, you know, there's been brain cancer as well. And then you, I, when I first heard the news, I remember thinking, what? What? And um, really, incredible. I mean, how does, how does that feel? It was, um, I, I think it kind of, I, because when they said I had a full brain radiation, mm -hmm. but if the cancer came back, I could not do this again. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if that sounds right, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think we know. Yeah. 
Mm. My family really does. So, Pam, how do you how do you feel about the power of prayer at this point? So if there's somebody here today who's facing either really, really bad news or um, who is facing cancer, what would, you, what would you tell that person today? I'd tell them how I handled it mm-hmm. or something that took me out, but mm-hmm. by then, my faith had grown mm-hmm. so much, mm-hmm. and I was able to Mm-hmm. Amen. And don't let go of those prayers. Yeah. Because God does heal. Amen. Amen. I'd like to pray for you right now. Okay. Father, I thank you so much for Pam. I thank you, Lord, for her courage of uh, coming up and sharing her testimony this morning. And Lord, you are so good. And uh, Lord, we don't know what the future holds. Um, we're aware, Lord, that we pray and pray. And sometimes, God, um, things don't turn out this way. But Lord, we are grateful this morning that Pam is still with us, that she has more time with her her kids and her grandkids. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness to her and to all of us. And we um, we give you the praise and the glory for all that you've done and all you're doing. And we pray through Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah, let me walk with you down. Okay, good. I really wanted you to meet these two folks as we've been talking these last few weeks. Um, I want to encourage you today to see prayer maybe in a little bit different way. It's a lot like standing in an intersection. I often think of Mountain View being on the intersection of two main roads in Marysville, 51st and 100th. And I think about standing at an intersection, how that is actually like being in prayer. It's a call to stand at the place where the invisible and the spiritual world uh, come into contact with the, the visible, physical world that we inhabit. You hear what I'm saying? Every time you pause to pray, you are standing at this intersection. And I think this is one of the reasons we have this, this cross as the symbol of our worship. This is the place where Jesus Christ ushered in a new life of of, of forgiveness, where all this came bursting forth into our physical world from God's world to ours at the cross. And when you pray, you are placing yourself at this place where earth and eternity meet. When you pray, you always have God's undivided attention. And in the words of James, the 
prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Just ask Steve. Just ask Pam and so many others who know this is true. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Father, we are so grateful for all that you're doing and all that you've done. I pray, Father, that as we offer ourselves to you today, Lord, that it's more than um, just giving you some gifts or some leftovers, Lord, but that we are offering everything in our lives to you. Even those parts, Lord, that we don't understand. Even those parts of us, Lord, that feel painful this morning. And especially, Father, the places where we need healing. We bring them to you, God, and we stand at this intersection of the eternal and the earthly And we pray, God, that you would lead us forward from this place. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.